Hello, uh, this is Ed Wolf. This is the Vape Week, and uh, I'm just going to get a sound check here before we start. All right, I think it works. So, uh, welcome to the podcast. Uh, and uh, what we have on slate tonight is an interview with uh, Greg Conley from the AVA. And I was able to get him uh, to do a uh, an interview uh, impromptu. Uh, the audio is not going to be great. It's going to be rather marginal. Uh, I was I was the best way I could figure out to do it, and uh, I'm going to play it as it is. Uh, it's going to sound not as good as you would want it, but it's going to be fully functional, I hope. From there, we're going to go and talk about uh, a little bit, maybe about VIA, what I'm working on. Uh, perhaps not. Uh, it depends how things go. Uh, then we'll talk about Soterra uh, and the Soterra uh, lawsuit that is active right now and how that affects all of vaping and all e-liquid companies. And uh, then we'll probably talk a little bit about uh, Rip Trippers, this whole controversy, and uh, talk about uh, Tristan Pope. Uh, then we'll talk a little, maybe a little bit more about uh, California and just some general uh, updates as far as what else is going on in the, uh, in the world of vaping, in the world of advocacy and uh, such. I've got the phone lines open. Uh, and so the, uh, the first part is going to be a canned... Uh, can presentation. I'm going to try and get the audio as best as I can here, uh, you know, with this mixer that I've got. Uh, All right, and it so, might, it might uh, work out. <laughs> Let's see how it goes. So right now, uh, without any further ado, I'm going to uh, switch over to the interview with uh, Greg Conley. And if there's a few moments of silence, uh, please excuse it. Podcast. I want to do a quick impromptu interview with Greg Conley, who is the uh, president of the American Vaping Association, otherwise known as the AVA. Uh, so uh, thank you for uh, making yourself available on this really, really short notice. No problem. It has been a fun day of studying California licensing law and Board of Equalization and application documents. So a phone call, another phone call is a good break for yeah, I, I am not sure if I should believe that or not. But uh, anyway, let, let's, let me just go into your background a little bit, background of the AV, because I, I, I had a quick interview with Rip, uh, not with Rip, but with, uh, with uh, Grim Green. And, and similar to Grim Green, who for reviewers has kind of always been out there, part of the landscape, from the advocacy side, I think that you've always, at least for me, have always been part of the landscape. So uh, if, if I understand it right... Uh, to keep it short, is that you were a vapor, uh, you, got, you got involved with uh, CASA, uh, you became uh, the director of uh, the Legislative Affairs uh, for a number of years, and then, uh, then uh, the AVA was a concept that was created by uh, Kevin on VP Live, and uh, I'm not sure how that interplayed with both of you, but, but he put it out there, he advertised it, and then uh, later on there was a show where you became the president, and then it took off from there. Uh, do I have it more or less correct? Yeah, yeah, I've been doing this now for five and a half years. I quit in August 2010. Soon after, six months later or so, became CASA's volunteer uh, pro bono legislative director, and did that for three years while in law school, getting my MBA, working for a judge, and uh, formed the ABA a couple months after my clerkship was over, and it's been going now uh, strong for about two years. When you say volunteer, everybody's a volunteer, uh, so I mean, it's 
I see no difference between being the actual legislative director and a volunteer. I mean, you were the guy. I mean, that was your, I mean, you were the director of it. I mean, volunteer or not, I mean, that's that's how everybody's set up. So so let me ask you a little bit about, uh, you know, what, what, what the AVA, uh, let me just, I'll skip to the, you know, the beginning. Who's sponsoring, you know, who's funding the AVA? Uh, because I think there's a lot of people that contribute to advocacy and they're, generally not always recognized, so I want to kind of recognize them before I even go any further. Yeah, since uh, our start, we've had support from a core group of tremendous uh, vendors that I thank every day. Um, Nickwood, Alt Smoke, Smokeless Image, um, and Vapor Kings um, are still our largest uh, contributors. Hoosier, Esig in Indiana, um, and Pure Sigs and Vapor Beast. Um, are also um, big level sponsors that we greatly appreciate. Uh, and then we have a series of uh, smaller companies with um, what we call green level donations like Vape This, Delaware Vapor, Ginger's E Juice, Mid Cities Vapor, uh, the, Lucky, the Lucky Ruckus Vape Shop in Texas, Smart Spark Vape Shop and Lounge, Vapor's Alley in Dayton, Georgia. Uh, I believe that is, that is all of them. And they are the ones that um, keep me on the road when I'm going to hearings, allow me to spread guidance to a lot of these young and, in, and inexperienced trade groups that are springing up across the country, trying to assist consumers, uh, doing a lot of work in getting the word out to the media, um, helping others behind the scenes with legislative and media affairs. A lot of stuff that just doesn't go out there uh, publicly because it's not work that gets done publicly. Um, so it's been a, um, I'm very grateful to those who are keeping me doing this, allowing me to continue to do this. Right. So when the AVA, uh, I mean, uh, and, and if anybody is listening, uh, which is always a question, but uh, if if anybody's listening, if if people can, you know, know those companies and can use those companies. Uh, they should, and they should feel real good about it because, you know, right now, uh, when I read press releases uh, and 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 stuff coming out uh, in the in the articles, there, you are quoted at, as the AVA as giving a comment uh, to a very high degree. I would say 85% of the articles that I read in the mainstream media have a good quote from you. Uh, there's also Cynthia from Safada. There's a couple other people that are sometimes in there, but but you. Definitely, uh, the the mission that Kevin had said when he when he launched it said that he wanted to get something out there in the media, and and I think by all measures and all you know all metrics, you you've done a real good job of, of getting the word out and at least getting a comment back. So I mean, I congratulate you. I also congratulate Kevin, who is the host of the show. So why not? Uh, so uh, so what what are the goals for the AVA uh, in 2016? For the industry to survive. <laughs> uh, when I think of this, I think of this as the industry as the whole and what AVA can do to foster uh, its survival. And so just continuing to assist the state-level organizations, get more going, get people better informed, uh, get out there and talk more. We would love to have an increase in funding so that we can do more, so that we can give more to third-party organizations in different states that can assist us to keep vapor products accessible and affordable to adult smokers. 
So uh, in, in this, especially in March, April of the year, where the state legislative sessions are often at their hottest, although that can be in May as well, um, usually you're just focused on day-to-day survival when you are um, dealing this intimately with the 50 different states. So let's go straight to California. I mean, I, I was following that heavily uh, earlier. I went out there, and, and as with everybody, uh, in NorCal and, and Southern California organized a lot of events. Uh, Stefan Dedek not blowing smoke. A lot of people you know, were going up there. And then they just seemed to drop them again um, and got the vote yesterday, uh, which uh, I've been a little bit sick and a little bit out of it. I, I, I was a little bit surprised. So can you... If my understanding is that the, the votes have been taken. It's expected to pass the Senate, but there's still, you know, there might be an opportunity to, to try and lobby the senators, and then it goes to the, the governor. Now, I've seen a lot of stuff, postings, where people are saying, go ahead and call the governor. Is there a step through the Senate that can, where people can still affect change, or is, is it just going to be rubber stamped before we can do anything? The Senate has always passed the anti-e-cigarette, anti-tobacco bills, and what has happened is that they've been caught up during the normal legislative process in the Assembly Government Operations Committee. And so it would surprise me if the Senate refused to concur with the House on these bills. Nothing is out of the realm of possibility in politics, though, so I would recommend... Uh, just as a reminder to your senator that there are voters who care, and for vapors to see the name of their senator, so perhaps they'll remember it and they'll go uh, and vote the next time they're up for re-election. Uh, but most likely, our hope is with the governor. And my special hope, as much as I would like to see the electronic cigarette bill vetoed, I almost think that it would be better for public health and better for consumers if the bill that would allow local governments to enact their own taxes on tobacco products, uh, if that bill was vetoed, because they, in many cities, there are enough voters that would probably vote for a tax increase that they could tax the industry out of existence rather than uh, just adding at the state level, burdensome licensing requirements and online sales restrictions and other bad things that are in the cigarette bill, but are not as bad as the potential of Los Angeles County or uh, San Francisco County uh, of banning, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, taxing vapor products at the same level that Chicago taxes them. Well, let me just ask, if a city is going to go ahead and do that, uh, if they're going to go ahead and and essentially uh, legislate you know, vape shops out of the county or out of the city, uh, does the tax make that much more of a difference? Because they can kill the vape shops already that are in the city. Um, so it, it, the tax seems kind of redundant. Uh, it seems like a, a, just a, another weapon, but they already have a pretty strong weapon if they were going to do it anyway, if that makes sense. Well, look at Chicago. <laughs> right, but did, 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 didn't they, can't they ban the, the vape shops and, and just do almost the equal amount of harm to the vape shops even without the taxes? Um Cities can, but generally they are loath to uh, pass something that shuts down an existing retailer. It's bad publicity. Right. So, uh, 
I have to go back. I, I need to go and read through all the stuff again. I noticed that there was one thing when I was watching the lobbyist from the uh, the military groups. He represented about six or seven of them, and they, the military got a carve out where uh, if you have a a uh, I, military ID, you can still uh, buy at eighteen. So I thought that was interesting. Uh, do, do, do you think there's any uh, significance to that, or is there is there any benefit to that in the law? What run? I think happened was that. When they were considering voting on these bills several months ago, uh, there was a tweet that a reporter sent out that was in, who was in the General Assembly at the time, and the reporter said that they were the leadership was refusing to vote on all six of those bills unless all six of them were going to pass, and I believe the H twenty one bill was only had, I believe, maybe 30 votes several months ago. And so this deal to exempt active duty, only active duty, if you go overseas and you get your legs blown off by an IED and you're honorably discharged with a Purple Heart, um, uh, you will, I believe, you are not able to come back and buy a pack of cigarettes. But um, I believe this deal to allow active duty was in order to ensure that this could pass the assembly. Now, I saw something from uh, some group that I'm not familiar with called Not uh, Not Vaping Sheep. Uh, so whenever I see a name like Sheep as a wolf, I kind of look at it. But they, they had put out some things that were, were wrong. Uh, I think they were, they were talking about advertising and, uh, and an online sales. So can, if you can, uh, can you just say what this set of bills in the aggregate do? Sure. It's, a, it's difficult to assess parts of the licensing uh, structure because it is going to, because it was written in a vague way and it's going to depend on how the Board of Equalization ultimately rules. But in terms of online sales, the Stake Act does allow for online sales if you pass third party age verification, which can be done manually. Or if you fail to pass that or you don't go through a third-party age verification, you can send a copy of your ID and your signature, which um, I'm 99% sure can be done electronically, to the vendor. Um, you can only ship the product to the address associated with the credit card that was used or the check. And you have to put in a phone call to the person, which can be recorded, after 5 p.m to verify that they wish to receive a tobacco product. Um, there's also the question with that online sales of what license you need to acquire. And after a painstaking search of the Board of Equalization uh, through Google, I could not determine exactly what license they expect out of state or even in-state um, online retailers to get, I presume, and I'm trying to get this confirmed. It would just be a general retailer's license. Um, there are questions about a manufacturer, an out-of-state wholesaler, uh, what license they will have to get. If you are in, I know I can say with near certainty, near certainty, that if you are in California and you want to import devices from China, if you are a business that wants to do that, um, you're going to have to get, pay a $2,000 um, or 12, no, I believe $2,000 uh, import fee. And if you are distributing those products, 
you have to pay a twelve hundred dollar um, license fee. The question, my my question is that I still have to get answered is out of state wholesalers selling into California to licensed wholesalers to licensed retailers. What licenses and when they have to get them? Um, their advertising. There is a part of this about billboard advertising, uh, which is largely completely irrelevant, and some of it might be might actually be preempted by Lorillard v. O'Reilly in the Supreme Court, but um, we'll see if they actually are willing to admit that. But I think people are thinking that there are advertising firms that won't take advertising for tobacco, and they think that the advertising firms will start to apply their internal policies against vapor products because of this bill, but that's not the equivalent of a legislative ban. Um, and there is not a sampling ban um, in these bills as well, nor is there new taxes except for visibility of local governments, uh, counties, only counties, to add taxes if they are pro- approved by the voters. And the problem is, is that many counties in California, the voters, will approve a tobacco tax hike. Right. And, and maybe maybe there's something that can be done with the, uh, with, uh, you know, Governor Brown as far as, uh, you know, he wants to get money into the state and maybe he'll veto the, the tax part because uh, that's not going to come into the state. That would come into the individuals. Well, that's an open possibility. I, I know nothing about this internally, but... Um, there's always a possibility that this could be hung over the heads of the tobacco companies who I'm surprised did not do everything in their power to try to stop this from going through this local government ability. Um, they, it could be held over, held over their heads and say, if you don't agree to get some Republicans to pass through, um, through a new tax on cigarettes and OTP and possibly e-cigarettes, uh, not only will we not veto this bill, but you have the ballot initiative coming up to also add taxes at the state level in November that you may lose. Um, so you could, it, it's possible that in the next week or so, there could be some behind the scenes dealings uh, with this bill being the hottest bill because it really does have the biggest possible ramifications. So, so just for the, the online sales, which people will be uh, very interested in, obviously, uh, that's California to inside California, right? That's not California to outside, because there's the whole interstate commerce clause where... Uh, California doesn't respect uh, things like the Constitution. The problem is is that uh, you have an AG that uh, hates e-cigarettes, and uh, you have a board of equalization that... Uh, is likely going to try to be quite strict. So it is an open question. Um, and I think California may have, um, like, for example, in their manufacturer law, you, it, I believe that they want out-of-state manufacturers for the privilege of being able to sell into California and avail yourselves of the California state law. Uh, you have to register with them, I think. That, this is, that sounds like Indiana, but I don't. I didn't see all that stuff in this one because because you didn't see it because it's either Section Four or Section Eight of the amended bill that passed through the Assembly. Uh, they 
amend the 2003 Cigarette and Tobacco Products Act that deals with licensing to say, notwithstanding what this section actually says, for the purposes of this chapter, a tobacco product actually has the same meaning as defined in the Stake Act. And then you go and you find the entire chapter of law that that has amended this definition of tobacco products, uh, as well as look at some of what the Board of Equalization has put out interpreting that section. And you're left uh, shaking your head, scratching your head a little bit as to what is actually required. And that's something that uh, I am trying to figure out, um, yeah. but it takes a little time to get in touch with and get bureaucrats to, to answer your questions. Yeah, and I'll have to listen back to what you just said to, to understand it uh, better myself uh, because that, that was really detailed. But isn't state, isn't, isn't, isn't the state regulatory and legislative process fun? Yeah, it's absolutely, it, actually it is fun in some ways. Uh, I actually think advocacy is fun um, because it's a, it's a worthy battle. But if, if there's a company outside of California and they're, they're just, uh, let's just use an example. Uh, well, Mad Vapes, what I was going to say, but that's not. Just say Joe's uh, or, or Biff's uh, e-liquid uh, sales and they sell directly to the consumers and they do it through the United States Postal Service. There's nothing that California can do to stop that, right? Um, I disagree. Okay. I think it's still an open question. Okay, I don't so, think you so, want to be before the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals or an argument like that. But, it isn't, um, it, but isn't that just like the same stuff that was going on with Amazon and other companies that they that they don't need to sell sales tax uh, because they they don't have uh, offices in the in the uh, you know what I, I I think that you will still be able to well, we'll just say it, I, I think you will be able to sell into California and then California will be able to sell outside of California to other states individual companies now if you're a vendor that's outside that wants to sell to a, a distributor in California that's that could be a problem but I, I think that's the way you know the whole interstate commerce clause works that, that there's the lines between the states. Uh, but the thing is, you're thinking about the Interstate Commerce Clause, and I'm thinking about what California state law says and what the Board of Equalization or the Attorney General, well, how they want to interpret it. Um, because it all depends on, this This whole industry depends a lot on uh, different interpretations of laws and AGs recognizing that certain offenses aren't worth wasting their time or resources on um, and also recognize also relies on AGs deciding that they don't want to go fight on an unsettled question of law so when the uh, when the final rule drops and uh, on the federal side that uh, you know vapor products are considered uh, tobacco products does that then add more complexity into it does that in, give more does it enable them more or no because the Tobacco Control Act um, allows, does not have any provisions. Uh, it allows for the FDA to issue regulations having to do with mail order sales, and they likely will at some point. But just dropping that does not, uh, by its nature, do anything. That the PACT Act is what controls cigarette and smokeless tobacco uh, sales online. Yeah, I've often seen online as the, as the last, uh, you know, the last firewall if in the worst case scenarios. Um, 
so I mean it's it's a it's a bigger topic than we have time for here. Um, uh, and I'd like to you know ask you to come back uh, when I've got better questions. Actually, uh, let me see. Sure. Let me see uh, what else. Uh, so what what do you want uh, people to do? Uh, I mean, what what uh, should people be doing right now, and, and and where should they be marshaling their resources, and and what can people do? Businesses. Uh, actually, I'm I'm talking. Mostly for businesses. I think there's a lot of information out there for consumers, but what should businesses be doing? Join Safada, contact your congressman in the U.S. House and your two senators about the importance of adding their name or, or uh, introducing their own version of H.R. 2058, uh, seeing who your state legislators are, talking to them about uh, their thoughts on favorite products, see if they know anything about it. Joining Zafada. Uh, Zafada is um, for a brick and mortar store owner or a small company. Uh, Zafada is very, very affordable. There's no reason not to be a part of it. Uh, if you have a chapter in your own state, getting involved. Um, lots of things that, that, that can be done. And if you're a consumer or anybody in California, give uh, Governor Brown a call as Zafada Not Blowing Smoke has been advising asking for him to veto the e-cigarette bill all right yeah and uh that's some good advice and uh you know i i want to say again you know uh i I watched your testimony in person uh in california it was spot on uh and you got uh the assemblyman to ask you questions uh it it was really well done i've seen you in many other places as as many other people and uh you've got a really well honed message uh and it's uh it's said in a way uh in the in the proper volume, I'll say too, uh, that they actually listen to you. Uh, so that's that's been an invaluable asset to the entire community. And I hope to have you on some other time. Uh, I apologize. This this recording is going to sound really marginal because of the way I had to record it. But I thought it was important enough to uh, get you on today. And uh, I'm glad that you made yourself available to do it. So I really appreciate right. it. Thanks a lot. No problem. You have a good night, and thank you to your listeners. Thanks a lot. Bye bye. All right, so uh, we're back live again, uh, and uh, let me just do a, a quick sound check to make sure it's working. And uh, one, two. All right, so it is. Uh, so um, that was Greg Connolly uh, from the AVA, um, and uh, you can go to the American Vaping Association website, and I believe that the the easiest way to get there is to go to vaping.info and you'll see everything that uh, Greg is doing and again uh, a thank you to all the sponsors that he listed Um, when when I look at what's going on with advocacy uh, and all the different places uh, Greg is just there I mean he's at the various hearings he's available and uh, you know I I don't know uh, without the people that are sponsoring him and and getting him to go out there and do this stuff uh, if if vapors would be represented out uh in the in the public forums and the legislatures uh as well as we have been and i know he's done a lot in in california i've seen him uh do many interviews on pbs uh uh, he also did an interview uh speaking with uh leno on uh on an old show uh the ed show on uh cnbc or msnbc when that was still there and uh, you can you can find that stuff uh i've posted some of that out on the uh on YouTube. 
so uh, going back, if uh, people listen to uh, what I was saying last week about uh, Safada, uh, I, I think it is the organization uh, for people, uh, for businesses to join. And uh, if and and what I would like to do is to get a, as many businesses to join this year. And uh, this year is critical, obviously, for any number of reasons. So uh, if, if you're going to, you know, do anything, if, if there's one thing that a vape shop or a vaping company should do is that they should join Safada. It's, it's the biggest fleet of boats out there uh, that is working to protect vaping. And there's no reason, you know, that if you have a boat, if you have a business, that you should not join this fleet. Uh, and so uh, I will hope to have uh, Cynthia Cabrera on as a guest uh, in the future, and uh, but that's that's how I, how I'm looking at it. Uh, there there's a new organization out there um, which I'm seeing some information called the uh, Vapor Technology Association uh, (VTA), and uh, they put out a press release about uh, a couple weeks ago uh, talking how uh, they were going to have a secret sauce and uh, that no other organization has and that uh, was going to be uh, big tobacco and that they were going to have tobacco companies and their resources inside of VTA and so when they represent and lobby they'll be representing all of vaping however they will also uh, be representing tobacco companies I'm going to reach out to uh, Tony Abound uh, and uh, see if I can uh, possibly get him on as a guest. Uh, but I, I have uh, some concerns about the organization right now. Um, and uh, although they've said that they've, they've joined with 70 different people, I believe that's just the TSFA has joined and all the members of the TSFA um, in lieu of being members of Safada are now members of VTA. Uh, so. It, my concern with with the, the vapor technology association is is just what I just said is that if they are so strongly associated with big tobacco it will play into the arguments that are done by uh, the assemblymen and the uh, and the uh, senators and I'll use an example of uh, Senator Leno in California which a lot of people probably are familiar with he made the case over and over that vaping is not small business and it is not all these different things that the, you know, maybe there are some people that have been helped by uh, vaping maybe there's a few random people but the main message is, is what he said is that uh, vaping is big tobacco and it's trying to hook kids so um, and I think we all know those arguments and, and I think we, we all know how that those things play out and how they're used and 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 uh, as soon as they can uh, they they say you know they did this back in 1964 when we re- released the uh, the the seminal tobacco report from the uh, Surgeon General that they've been doing it then and now it's just big tobacco coming to get to hook people again that uh, that uh, like UCSF at the FDA uh, workshop said that uh, vaping is a starter product uh, to get people onto tobacco. So with all of those things, my, my, my deep concern is that if VTA goes out there and is lobbying and they're saying that our secret sauce is that we now represent tobacco, that it will be an easy thing to do is to pull the arguments, all those arguments and say, you are big tobacco and, and evidence of it is that your members are big tobacco. 
And so, um, I mean, that's what they put out, uh, VTA put out in their uh, in their press release that they, and, and there was actually an article, I think I saw it, it might have been in Vox, it might have been in uh, one of these other uh, uh, papers that, that were saying, uh, was describing what they were doing. And that was, again, uh, you know, being associated with the tobacco companies to give the resources. So that's my concern, uh, is that it's just if you just like if you're watching the, the the political debates you're just giving an opportunity for for them to exploit you um, and so that's my concern with it and and besides that concern there's the just the generalized concern that if we split our resources amongst many different groups all functioning at the same thing that uh, you dilute the the end product. You freeze people from from donating. If if you have a shop that says, "Geez, you know, we can donate A or B, but we, we're being told A, B, and C and D are all good," uh, they might just go along with the program of not not doing anything. And so, where where Safada has a gigantic advantage over all of the other groups is that they have state and local chapters. Um, and mostly state chapters. When I say local, I mean state. And that those have been dramatically effective. And, and uh, Kevin did a whole uh, podcast talking about how Safada came into, into Connecticut and, and really uh, solved a, a, a very rapidly degrading situation and, and gave it a good outcome. And so uh, beyond being the only national organization with state chapters, they 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 actually have a successful record of success. Uh, now, we can talk about California, of what's happening here. Obviously, that was a Herculean battle. Uh, that The first thing that happened is that Safada, along with some others, uh, were able to uh, you know, get the stuff to be basically uh, pushed off and stopped. Within a week, they brought it right back again. So it, it's a, you can't say that Safada has won everything uh, that they've touched. But they are doing a really good job. Um, so one thing I want to mention uh, before we go to the next topic is uh, if you go to uh, norcal.sfat.org, so that's N-O-R-C-A-L dot S-F-A-T-A dot org, so norcalsafata.org, you can see uh, what is being posted. Uh, I'm looking at something I think it was posted by Stefan Didick. It's talking about the uh, the legislative threat update and participation invitation. So following up on what they have done with the Washington DC fly-ins and, that, and that's basically where Safada organizes meetings with with senators and congressmen and then uh, it, it basically schedules and facilitates individual shops going in and talking to their uh, specific identified representatives that that they're doing that same thing here in California uh, you know it, I, I don't have enough information to speak intelligently on how this exact one's gonna work and it, how it's gonna work with what just happened yesterday but uh, I'm sure uh, that that information will be forthcoming, but by becoming a member of Safada, you're going to actually be able to to do this. So you can take a look at that Northern California one. I believe that the that what is going to be done in California will also be done in other states. And so the advantage again is that if you have the shared learning of a national organization, that you can actually hire and, and do it uh, efficiently and cost effectively. Uh, by using shared learning between the lobbyists from state to state. So each time uh, it's just not another cookie cutter. 
So uh, there, there's a, a Safada and a, uh, a VTA update, and I'll try and get more information uh, as time goes by and bring that back. Uh, so what else we got? I want to talk a little bit about this whole Rip Trippers thing, um, and some other people have covered it. Um, I actually watched a, a post uh, from uh, Vapor Joe uh, from his Mod Envy uh, show that was done last Saturday. Uh, or it might have been the Saturday before that, and and he was talking about it, and uh, I thought I'd give my two cents on uh, this. So, uh, for people that don't know, uh, Rip Trippers, uh, who is the uh, by far the most popular uh, YouTube uh, personality in regards to vaping uh, of them all, uh, something like 600,000 uh, subscribers, just gigantic numbers. He uh, he did a podcast basically talking about his own personal situation, where his dehydration. Uh, caused by uh, different types of VG, uh, and it might have been PG, uh, that, uh, that he had been dehydrated. He found that if he used uh, vitamin supplements, that that helped him out. And ultimately, uh, he went to an option of using Gatorade uh, to, uh, to actually replenish the minerals that he thought he was depleting. Uh, and it's, it's actually the brand name that he uh, used was not Gatorade. It's the same stuff. Uh, but it's just a, uh, a basically a mineral supplement that you add to water and you and you basically have it's powdered Gatorade um, and there's all sorts of things you know uh, older people use the same stuff it's called Pedialyte uh, and it, it's just basically used to, to lose to uh, replenish lost minerals and other uh, uh, what do they call it? electrolytes uh, that are uh, lost uh, through whatever things um, and the other thing that Rip had uh, said is that he he had uh, he had some sort of thyroid uh, disorder. Uh, so anybody listening to this would understand that he's obviously has a medical something or another, and he's trying to solve it. And so he's giving it his, his advice. Now I've watched enough of his videos to know that he, when he makes his videos, he vapes a lot. Um, so, you know, he vapes way more than me. So what experiences he may have out of his need to do vaping, uh, to do the presentations, uh, I, I don't know. Oh, excuse me one second. Sorry about that. Uh, so, uh, people just just went livid. It just went just absolutely went fanatical. Just just spasmodic, crazy. You know, oh how dare Rip sell out the industry? You know, how dare he put in an item that's an affiliate link? How dare that he even insinuate that there's anything that could ever happen wrong with vaping? And people just spazzed and freaked and just just went to town. Now, what happened shortly thereafter that video is that somebody with an axe to grind against Rip made it look like Rip's video was made part of uh, something by the California Department of Public Health. So th that was shooting around like, oh my God, you know, if Rip Trippers says this, suddenly people are going to go into the, uh, the state legislatures and say, look, Rip Trippers said it, so it must be true, which is just asinine stupidity. Uh, you know, th th there's nobody that's going to go on and show basically, you know, a southern hill, southern, you know, Southern State Hillbilly going talking with his beard looking like he's a guy from Duck Dynasty this, talking the way he does. He's, they're not going to say, well, geez, you know, Rip, Rip, this guy named Rip Tripper says it, so it has to be, it has to be true. So the whole, the whole tying into this whole thing that, that it must be Rip, uh, you know, messing and screwing with the industry was just absolutely bogus. And what, what actually happened 
is that somebody with pretty good video editing skills, uh, I don't know if it's Christian Pope or who it was, but uh, that, that went out and, and then, you know, tweaked this video and put it together. Uh, so th there's people that are pissed off that anybody would ever make any money in, uh, in vaping. And so they dislike all business owners. They dislike any reviewer that is compensated for his time. Uh, they think that every e-liquid company should just be a DIY company and uh, people can just make it themselves cheaper. And it's a community. It's a family. You know, why, why should anybody? It's, it's like these are apples and they grow on the trees. We should just pick them and, and nobody should make any money. Uh, so I, I don't get all of that because I think it's it's just uh, childish. I think it's it's foolhardy childishness to think that people don't need to make money to, to be doing what what's going on in the vaping industry. So they just gave this guy uh, you know a rip uh, just grief and stuff. So that, my my take on it is uh, he has a thyroid disorder. I, I you know he wants to go into a sauna and sweat it out and then drink electrolytes and uh, thinks it's in the, he's going to get better from it. You know, great. I mean, uh, if it works for him, uh, I know that uh, that uh, you know vaping can cause dehydration. It's it's something that used to be talked about more, but vaping you do need to keep yourself hydrated. Uh, maybe he's dehydrating himself. Uh, I I don't know, but you know I'm from California, so when I hear a guy talking about vitamins and supplements and uh, bean sprouts and whatever, you know my eyes don't really glaze over. Uh, I listen to it. You know, maybe they've got something. Uh, maybe they don't. I don't know. But, you know, somebody telling you uh, to take a vitamin uh, and vitamin water uh, is is not selling out the industry. Uh, not in my opinion, at least. Now, so then the, the next part came that uh, for some reason people thought that uh, that it was an affiliate link. I, as far as I can tell, and, and, and the person that, that knows the best about this, or I think everybody thinks, and he certainly thinks he knows the best about it, would be Vapor Joe, who is the self-professed king of affiliate links and and uh, and marketing and and all that stuff. He said that under if every single one of his subscribers was to go out and buy that product, something like six hundred thousand people, if they all went out and bought that product, that Rip had the total possible upside of making twelve hundred dollars, which is obviously he would never bother with that and and it's just a kind of a dumb thing to do now when I say that Vapor Joe understands affiliate links my understanding is that if if I go to uh, you know the uh, Vapor Joe's uh, you know uh, site and I click on one of his links and it's a link over to Amazon that it leaves a cookie on my computer and then suddenly every time I go over to Amazon for the next 30 days that he is somehow uh, triggered a cookie uh, in into my thing where it's now his affiliate link, so maybe so maybe uh, you know Rip uh, had an affiliate link in there, but it was somebody else's affiliate link when he posted it. I think if I posted a link to Amazon, it would have an affiliate link built into it from me right now. It would have nothing to do with me, but it, it may. Uh, or you know there used to be something called Herbalife and these other uh, you know multi-level marketing vitamin things that uh, in California and, and other states too, where people sell sell stuff like that. Maybe Rip has got you know a cousin cousin Rip over there, uh, cousin Sally Rip, uh, and uh, she uh, she sells these vitamin waters and she does it on uh, you know uh, it's multi-level marketing. She's trying to get all of her friends to to buy this stuff and maybe she's that's that's the stuff the reason why he's using this stuff. I don't care. I'm probably not going to use that product, uh, but uh, 
I might use Gatorade uh, or, or some other product. So I think that the, the way that the, the vaping industry just attacks its own over nothing, saying that Rip is selling out, if you don't like his videos, don't watch them. If you don't like the products he reviews, don't buy them. And if you think he's getting paid uh, to, uh, to do his reviews, uh, what's your point? Uh, I don't know if he's paid. I don't care if he's paid. Uh, you know, I think I know what he's doing. Uh, I think I know what he, how his review is. I think I know at the end he says, I've watched reviews of his where he says that, uh, you know, would I buy it at the end of it? And I've just watched a positive review where, where he generally likes the product. And then uh, from there, at the end, he says, would I buy it? And he says, no, I've seen plenty of reviews like that by him where he liked the product, but he won't buy it. I've seen other products like, uh, you know, like the, uh, I think it was the Evic uh, Mini. He, he definitely liked that one. I th I've seen a review that he did of the Velocity. He said he would buy that one. So it is what it is. Uh, but for, for saying that Rip sells out, uh, I just think it's a joke. And so uh, let me just glance back over. The, the phone lines are up. And uh, if you would like to call in, the call-in number is 347-308-8329. So uh, what I saw is another guy, uh, and this guy's name is, is Tristan Pope, and he posted a video that was called, uh, where am I going to look at it here, uh, called Rip Trippers Selling Out the Vaping Community One Affiliate at a Time. Now this is a guy... Um, you know, I don't, I don't know him, never seen him before. He's, uh, he's one of these, uh, you know, uh, New York hipster guys with a man bun in, in his hair. Uh, he's, he's dressed all in black and, and he's got, you know, uh, he's got guest uh, host with him. Pretty good looking girls, I would have to say. Uh, you know, and I, I think they're actually actresses or something like that uh, because he's some sort of, uh, what he says, he's an Emmy Award director. Uh, Emmy award-winning director so you know uh, you know I'm, I'm just I'm I'm a researcher basically uh, so I, I I look to see what he won his Emmy for and so so before that this video that he posted got 207,000 views so far and so people are just you know clamoring you know this is a guy going after rip uh, and, and he says he's a vapor uh, and then, you know, his normal view count for most things is like maximum, uh, you know, 15,000, uh, average, say, 5,000 uh, views. Um, and he does a lot of stuff with gaming. He used to work at, I think, Blizzard, um, which is a gaming company. So, I, 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 you know, I said Emmy Award winning, you know, he's, he's, he's dressed in all black. He's got, you know, a $500 microphone, you know, he's all slick and everything. And so I, I looked to see if he was an Emmy Award-winning director, and, and it sure as, sure as shit, he's not. He, he says he was basically a, a director's assistant uh, for a South Park episode that was done on World of Warcraft, which was an interesting South Park because the reason why I think it won an, an Emmy is because it was attacking the gaming industry, and the gaming industry is eating the lunch of broadcast television and cable television with, you know, movies are do less revenue now than, than actual games do. So I, I think it was the Emmys trying to basically uh, take a shot back at, at uh, the gaming industry. But he says he's an Emmy Award winning director, and he was just basically an executive assistant to that. He did. He doesn't own an Emmy. He was not awarded an Emmy, 
but he's going around saying he's an Emmy-winning director. So if you look at the content of his his video, he's talking about uh, polypropylene. And when he says polypropylene, no, he does not mean the plastic. He's talking about polypropylene glycol instead of propylene glycol. And then he's calling a diactyl, and, and, and he's talking about all these different things. And then he, he goes over his whole thing about how he uh, had all these different health effects from vaping himself. He gave up vaping for uh, for like six years, and now he's back to vaping, and uh, and, he, and he's just going after Rip because he's saying that Rip is selling out the industry. I, I would try and go and pick up the clips from this guy, uh, but, I mean, he goes in there and he says he's not even sure if vaping is better than smoking. Now, th this guy says he's he's not sure if vaping is better than smoking, and this is the guy that gets 207,000 views uh, on, on him attacking Rip. So, it's, I tell you, it, the amount of attacking within the vaping industry and the amount of people that just want to go after uh, you know, rip and, and other people that are already out there is just it's just amazing to me. Uh, so I, I'm gonna reach out to uh, Tristan Pope, uh, the Emmy Award-winning director of a uh, South Park episode, which again, uh, it was uh, it was not him that directed it, uh, and somehow, you know, the, I, I, I you know in some ways I guess uh, I, I I envy this guy because he lives in New York. Uh, he's got the you know he's a photographer and stuff. He's got he's he's finagled some beautiful actresses. You know he, they're in his video. These are lovely girls, and he and he takes pictures of 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 New York and he and he calls them masterpieces. Now anybody that lives in New York can just go out there with a black and white camera, take a picture of of just about any of these scenes in New York, and it's and it looks artistic and fancy and and it's just it's probably the most scenic city in the world as far as as taking these artistic shots maybe you can argue Paris too uh, you know you can do the same thing with Paris you know certainly Rome but but you can it's just so easy to snap a picture in New York and just look great and and, and that's that's you know uh, it's he's I don't know I, I would like to talk to the guy because the guy just just was just a, a hipster douchebag um, and uh, but it's working for him uh, and uh, it's working for him uh, so let's see what else I got. Uh, da, 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 da. I think I'll try and keep it a little bit short today. Oh no, I've got a whole uh, a whole topic. Uh, this is uh, Soterra. Uh, I don't know if many people know about this, but Soterra is back in the courts. And uh, you know, if if people are familiar with the first Soterra case, uh, that was uh, I'm going to take a sip of soda here. Just hold on a second. All right, uh, so uh, so Terra was the case that won against the FDA. The FDA basically in 2009 took a whole bunch of products off the shelves, uh, sued smoking everywhere, took them off the shelves and impounded them. Uh, smoking everywhere uh, was a company that didn't have the financial resources to stay at the lawsuit, but they, they stayed there for a period of time. Soterra, which is actually Enjoy, but I'm going to call them Soterra because that's how you look at it when you're looking up the legal cases, took the FDA to court and won against the FDA and said, with, with very expensive legal case, saying that uh, vaping cannot be considered a, a medical product or a medical device, that it has to be 
uh, a product that is uh, it, it's a it's a personal use product. And at the end, the judge said, you can't regulate it under these controls of the FDA. If anything you can do, you, you have available to you the Family Tobacco uh, Prevention Act, the, the Tobacco Control Act of 2009. If you want to regulate it under that, that's your best shot. And they said, you know, go off, you know, they, they uh, a, a, you know, enjoy. So Tara won the case. The FDA then went and took that case back. They appealed it and they lost and then uh, the FDA said they were going to appeal it one more time and they waited for about a year and eventually they said they would not uh, they would uh, not go after it uh, they, they would they would try and deem electronic cigarettes as part of the tobacco control act and and you know months later that's what they did so there's some people that have been um, and, and the people I, that I've heard the most times, uh, Dimitri, I don't know if that's Sevia now or whatever, uh, but uh, he was anti-anti Enjoy um, uh, and Soterra because it's at some point that they had said that uh, they were not a big fan of flavors um, and that they thought that just normal flavors would work. Uh, and that was their business because that was their cigarette business, and that's what they had. That was this is back uh, in basically 2012, I think this is. Uh, and so they they eventually figured out that they were really wrong. And what they did is uh, they then did a whole study and released that study that said that uh, that flavors were important to adults and uh, is a published study, and that it did not have a large bearing on uh, youth initiation. So that, that study is out there. It's something that when when people uh, need to, to use this for a PMTA, that will, that will be an available resource. So they made a wrong turn. They made a wrong business decision, and they, they corrected it. Now, some people in the industry just still hated Enjoy. Um, I don't know why, um, and at this point, it really doesn't matter. Uh, but then, so within the... Last year, about mid last year, uh, Enjoy uh, being that target because they're you know Soterra is well known, and if you look up anything with the legal cases regarding uh, e-cigarettes, they were sued again uh, by a company, uh, well actually uh, by a law firm off in New York, um, and this law firm has then gone on to sue other companies, uh, and it's uh, Wolf ha Wolf Halderstein, and again that's that's a one F Wolf, it's not a double F. Uh, my name is spelled with two F's, just like the animal, but with an extra F. So this is a one F, Wolf Handelstein. And Wolf Handelstein is one of these companies that basically sues public entity companies with malicious, you know, uh, with malicious uh, lawsuits under class action status. So when they sued Enjoy, uh, it was a big deal because if they can, if they can attack one company, it's uh, under a class action. Uh, they can go after them all. It becomes a domino situation. Uh, if like if a, if a car company uh, is sued and they have some sort of problem, there's a good chance that all of the other car companies are going to have that same problem. Kind of the similar thing uh, with uh, 
with uh, you know electronic cigarettes. So Enjoy got sued uh, under a class action suit, and and the premise, a class action suit. Let me give you an example of what what Wolf Halderstein, uh, the type of lawsuits that they would do. I don't think they did the specific one, but there was a Subway was advertising a footlongs for five dollars. That was their big thing, and uh, you know that footlong uh, Subway sandwich five bucks. Well, some guy took out his ruler and said, geez, you know, my, my piece of bread is defective here. It's only 11 inches. And so Wolf, you know, not, not this one, but, but the, this type of class, a class action suit was lodged against Subway saying that Subway defrauded its customers because they actually were getting not consistently 12-inch long pieces of bread. And so they got sued under a class action. That's the type of things when, when, you, when you see politicians talking about class action reform, these are the lawsuits that get slapped on people. Now, you might think that's funny, you know, and you might think that uh, any company that, that hired uh, Jared deserves such a thing, uh, and I can kind of agree with that on to some levels, but the problem is if, if these class action lawsuits are, are hit against companies in our fledgling little industry here, it can knock them off the ground all the way into non-existence. So before before you can even get to you know getting your company past the FDA a class actions lawsuit can just just rip you to shreds so th that's that's you know that's what you need to know about class auction lawsuits and then one of the things is that in uh, in uh, in California there's something called uh, unfair trade practices and that means if you do anything which is considered unfair to another competitor basically anybody can sue you um, and then it, it just involves anything that relates to any type of fraud or and anything but the fraud can be something like you, you know you sent your baker uh, a specification that you wanted a piece of bread and it came back 11 inches that that can be the fraud that 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 we're talking about so California is the bastion for these uh, these uh, class action lawsuits and that's why you see most of all of them come from California or are lodged in California the federal courts in California too so what happened is that uh, this 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 law firm uh, Wolf Halderstein um, they uh, they went and sued Enjoy uh, and the premise was that PG and VG are dangerous and that they did not disclose PG and VG to their customers and uh, because they did not do that that their customers were harmed and that their customers uh, would have bought a different SIG alike based off of that and so um, you know there, there's other class action lawsuits out there but this was the first one done and and this is one that uh, this is the one that people should pay attention to and then I'm going to end up saying that I think Enjoy has done a fantastic favor to the entire vaping industry. So when you have your your Demetriuses and your other people that just you know like to submarine companies like with passion, that people should take a, a think about it a little bit more because what the money that Enjoy spent in this case is going to end up protecting everybody that has a business that sells any product in California and I'll continue to explain why so th they said that uh, you know all the uh, all they didn't know about PG and VG and because PG and VG that they would they would have bought other people so what they tried to do is they had one person claim that they thought 
that the enjoy commercial uh, about friends don't let friends uh, uh, you know smoke cigarettes was implying that vaping is significantly safer and that uh, because of that then uh, you know it, it's just all this legalistic claims um, and so enjoy decided well what, what, what they could they could have paid out or they decided to fight and that's what they did they did decide to fight and uh, so what happened is that the the class action how a class action works is that you have one litigant and then you, they say that that litigant represents everybody else in a similar situation. So they would all be, everybody that bought an Enjoy product is exactly the same. So we actually have 10,000 different clients uh, and we're all suing uh, to go after it. So what they tried to do is say that there's a whole class of people that interpreted that Enjoy saying don't let friends uh, smoke cigarettes was a health claim and that they would have bought a different product if they understood that you know propylene glycol and vegetable glycerin were in their products and that there's there's enough evidence to show that PG and VG are health harms so uh, let's lodge a suit what enjoy did was that they fought that suit by attacking the class and they, they attacked the class and then they ultimately successfully won uh, against that class. They got the class thrown out. So when you throw out a class in a class action lawsuit, that means that you have your named litigants, the people that are named in, in it, and then they, they have their damages that represent themselves. So maybe this, you know, maybe litigant number A, uh, you know, the main litigant, uh, was out 200 bucks because he bought some products and he, and he wants a refund. That, then that, that becomes the whole case rather than 20,000 people who are they're trying to sue for 200,000 uh, for $200 each so do the math uh, 20,000 times 200 I think that's 4 million or 400,000 I'm not looking uh, but uh, so so they threw it out so that destroyed the whole collection lawsuit so what what uh, the the Wolf Halderstein people again these are people suing multiple other uh, vape companies uh, what took the went after Sotera again and they tried to appeal it what's happened within the last few weeks is that uh, a new judge took the case and uh, the old judge uh, you know took all the information out took the appeal the new judge took a look at it and said hey you know uh, you're, you're this is just a fancy way of uh, re-arguing the case this is not really a new motion and he declined to grant them the class again so without the class the class action is just an action, and and then it's just an action for just a couple of people. It's a five hundred dollar case versus a five million dollar case. Uh, so, the judge, the new judge, rejected the the appeal, uh, or to do it again, and then uh, the the litigants against Sotera, against Enjoy, uh, filed a motion to stay the court, uh, to stay the case, and stay the case just means that they stop all the progress of the legal action and nothing further happens. Now the advantage to staying it versus dropping it and all these other things is it can't be used against you. It just kind of, they just, you know, you put it off in a corner and just let it die. And, but So the judge actually, and this is what really surprised me, uh, the judge rejected the motion to stay the case and he said that there was no reason to stay it there's no purpose to it so this judge is going to drive this case to a conclusion so either it's going to be uh, it's going to be litigated 
and they're going to lose in court or they're going to or they're going to win something just trivial and that will set a nasty precedent for anybody else trying to put a class action suit against the vapor company or they're going to drop the case that either way uh my opinion is that they should go after the lawyers they should sue the lawyers uh themselves uh, so that's that's the big news in the 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 current Sotera case is that Enjoy, uh, who is uh, often ridiculed and, and mocked, and uh, or I I don't know what the I don't I still do not get why people don't like Enjoy because it's just a stinking product. Either you use it or you don't use it. Either you like the artist collection or you don't like it. But they're they're just another company out there. But they've been the guys that have been fighting the lawsuits, um, and so. Uh, you know, I, I hope uh, that they are earning enough money in this uh, very competitive market now to keep up what they're doing. But this legal fight from Enjoy uh, is, ha, is, has benefited every other vapor company out there. Whether you now know it or not, or whether you knew it before I just said what I said or not, it, it, it's a big deal. Um, so um, there we go. Uh, that's the Enjoy update. Uh, there's some other cases that are going on, uh, and I don't really want to talk about those now. Um, we can talk a little bit, let's see, about, what is it? Uh, I'm still, uh, I'm going to skip that topic. Uh, what else we got? Uh, I don't think I'm going to talk about that much else. There is some news today going on. Let's just talk about generalized vape news. Um. Today, uh, uh, what was announced is that Carl Phillips from CASA, who's the legislative, uh, not the, the scientific director, I think from the inception of uh, CASA, has uh, been summarily dismissed. Uh, they took a vote in the, uh, the, uh, the board of directors. I don't know, do not understand how the mechanics of that works. Uh, and Carl Phillips has, uh, has, has, his, uh, his job was removed. And he, you know, he posted today out that he's no longer associated with CASA. I tried to find some information out on it, and it just basically said that Carl Phillips is uh, is no longer there's no job for him anymore. Uh, and the this Igor Bernstein guy was a guy that has done some research. Uh, uh, he's now no longer. So the entire scientific arm of CASA is gone. I don't know what that means. I don't know how it happened. I don't know why it happened. It's uh, I've had my disagreements with Carl, um, but I also recognize that when I'm reading things from CASA, like when I when I'm reading all the stuff that they're using to uh, to base any lawsuits on, that he was the author of all that stuff. I don't think he was getting paid uh, by CASA. He might have been getting a small stipend, but. Uh, um, you know, uh, when I read what Carl said, it, it, his reaction was dismay uh, and uh, a little bit of confusion too. I don't know the backstory, but uh, now uh, the consumer uh, Casa uh, does not have a, a scientific uh, arm on the uh, on uh, on its board. So uh, what that means, uh, I don't know, uh, but it is what it is, and we'll find out more about that later. Um, the, the the big news in the vape technology world is uh, there is the Velocity V2 that is out in the market. Uh, it's it's a it's a special mod. I'm told that it has unicorn antlers ground into the metallurgy. Uh, 
which gives it a special karma property that if you use a clone of, of a velocity that you actually have bad karma and that's something that 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 the Chinese are well aware of so um, be careful of velocity clones I would say um, but there's there's a new velocity out there the velocity v2 um, and there's some other products out there I, I don't I don't know if I'm gonna be doing product reviews uh, but I don't use drippers so I uh, I won't be doing a review of the velocity and uh, there's the C coil, the, the C cell from Vapresso, which is the talk of everyone right now. It's it's the best coil. It has a a wrap of uh, a wrap of cotton around a uh, amorphous uh, ceramic coil, uh, 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 ceramic wick, and the uh, coil is embedded into it, and it's supposed to give very very clean vape. Uh, that's something that I'm interested in trying uh, and that's going to be one of my next purchases uh, if anybody wants to send me some to review I'll sell out don't worry about me I, I'm, I'm perfectly down with that um, and let's see I'm going to go back over uh, to uh, to uh, blog talk radio I see one phone call here I'm going to uh, ask if 918 wants to uh, talk on the phone and uh, they may or may not Uh, hello, uh, can you hear me? Uh, 918. Hold on a second. Two, 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 two. Hold on one second. Can you hear me? Hello. And uh, they can't hear me. All right. So uh, I'm going to go now. Uh, it's, it's impossible to look at chat uh, when you're talking on this show. I've got a few different listeners in here. Uh, does anybody want, uh, If you, yeah, you, I'm not sure if anybody really wanted to uh, call up. They, I think if they press 1, uh, I'll, uh, I'll open up the thing again. I'm still learning my mixer, so uh, it's possible that uh, they said something. Hold on a second. I'll just jabber a little bit while I'm trying to figure this out. Okay, uh, caller at 918, uh, are you there? I, I hear an open microphone, but I do not hear a person. I'll just leave it open. I'm going to go back over to uh, the chat right now. Uh, does anybody have questions uh, in, in chat that they would like to ask? Dun, 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 dun. Uh, I don't see any. Uh, so uh, that's the show. Uh, I'm going to play it out with another UFO song, and uh, I'll be back next week. Uh, I'm pleased that my voice actually sounded much better than it did the whole week. Uh, I kind of slapped the show together, but there we go. Uh, and, uh, uh, does, does Kim have a question they would like to ask? And there's uh, Kim has a question. I'm seeing this. It's very exciting. We're all very excited right now. We're waiting for the question. And, and uh, yes, Kim, uh, I see you have a question. What question do you have? Yes, uh, you, you need to type it. About the coils, yes, I'm listening. There's going to be a small delay. It's about an eight-second delay, I think it is.
so I'll, I'll, I'll just talk while she writes. Uh, ceramics are they safe? Yeah, they, they, my understanding is, is that there, there's a company called Ready X Week uh, Wick out there that advertises on the Vapor Joe network, and and what they have is a a, a type of uh, they have a way that they are able to purify the ceramic, and some ceramic apparently does have lead in it. Uh, when the when the things came out about the Aspire coils, supposedly they have a small amount of lead in the the original BVC coils uh, that was made by Aspire. They no longer they no longer make those. They they make them with uh, with cotton. It's my understanding that yes, you can make food grade and and safe ceramic uh, without lead in it, and it can be done. And uh, if you were able to listen to last week's show, I talked to uh, Grim Green uh, as a quick interview, and he said uh, he was aware of what I was aware of, which is that Vapor Shark has done testing on these coils, and that they that there there's no uh, the coils are not disintegrating as you vape, uh, so you're able to uh, you're able to uh, they're not they're not it's not coming out in the vape. Um, so they're not disintegrating, which was a question with the original Aspire uh, ones, because people would look and, and you know, there would be holes in their coils, but uh, they don't know where it went to. So uh, I hear somebody vaping there. Uh, 918, if you have a question, shoot it now, or, or I'm about to mute you. All right. So uh, my understanding is that, that VaporShark has, has done some testing on these things, and they haven't published the testing yet. Uh, or I haven't seen where it's been published yet, but my understanding is that everything is looking good on these new uh, Vapresso C, C coils. I think they're called that. They're that they are good. They are safe. Uh, I just need to look at the final, you know, the, the work uh, that shows that the the ceramic is food grade or or or, or properly done. Um, but they, it, I have every reason to believe that they are done correctly. Uh, and especially because there are uh, people that can, you know, smash it up and grind them up, uh, and and then test to see what's inside them already. So uh, I, my belief is that they are safe. And and when I get the actual data, I'll I'll, I'll, I'll convey it over. But uh, I would also suggest to go over and look at Vapor Shark to see if they've already posted on their website. And and that's what what I'm hearing also, Kim, is that uh, they do last a long time. Um, and because it's a it's a solid piece of ceramic, and and there's a a piece of cotton that goes out on the outside of the ceramic, uh, and it's it's like a ceramic block. Uh, is that um, the, the the cotton just kind of serves as a buffer to keep a moist area right around it, um, and. Uh, Supposedly they, they they kind of self-clean is what I'm told, and so what I would do is I would boil them. Uh, I think that because uh, I think that they can be cleaned by boiling really easily. But uh, so right now I, I I'm hearing a lot of good things about them. Uh, the reviewers that I've seen, including Phil Bersardo and, and uh, Grim Green and and uh, and Kevin actually on VP Live, uh, says that the the taste is fantastic. So I, I'm looking for something that has. Uh, you know, 1.5 ohm, 1.2 ohm, 2.0 ohms. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not looking to sub ohm at all myself personally. Um, if there's any other questions, shoot them now. Yeah, thanks for the question, Kim. I, uh, I appreciate it. And uh, I think here, 
I think I'm going to play out a song, and uh, we'll see how it goes. Enjoy your weekend, uh, and uh, live strong, vape on. How about that as a slogan? All right, good night.